Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. In just a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a, I guess, a, a meme, a gif, something up there, um, of what Scooby-Doo can teach us about following Jesus. And how many of you watched Scooby-Doo? I know like some of you are like, you know, it was edgy back in the day, growing up a good church guy. And uh, you remember Scooby-Doo? You know, there was always like the sea monster, there was the ghost, there was some creepy thing that was like wrecking life. And of course, the, the, you know, Scooby-Doo and his, his, the mystery van and you know, when you get to be an adult, you realize why there's always green smoke coming out of the van and Scooby snacks, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but at the end, there was always the big reveal, and that was like, which monster, you know, was it always have, they would capture, was, you know, wrecking life, was it really a ghost, and they would always have, they would capture them, and they would rip off their mask, and it was always just somebody. It was the guy that you'd always seen in the first three minutes of the episode, but he was the really nice boss. He was the really rich guy that was going to buy another company. He was somebody's friend. He was the, sometimes he was like the police chief. You never knew. And then you'd be like, are you serious? And so I saw this on, on Facebook and how true. So many times when we're doing life, we're like, I'm going to find out who's been sabotaging my walk with God. Because somebody's just out to get me, and we rip off the mask, and we see in the mirror that it's usually us. And then I go, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the one that sabotages that. So you can take that down, but I thought that was good. I thought that would be a, a good lead-in um, after Francis Chan so that you'd forget about Francis Chan. Um, so you wouldn't be like, why are you not more like Francis Chan, and so now it's now my my competition is Scooby Doo, and you know I feel a little better. You know Francis Chan, Scooby Doo. I feel like maybe I can deliver what God's put on my heart. Um, so I'm Greg, and so if you don't know that, um, I'm Greg, and my wife Crystal, and we are uh, youth pastors, life care pastor types. Um, we just do a lot around here. I'm on the elder board. Um, when he calls, Aaron calls and says, we got it. We, we, Houston, we have, and you know, we're supposed to jump in the, the, the shuttle and get out here. But really, it's just another extension of community. Uh, everything we do here wants to be a part of community, wants to be a part of life. And so uh, my wife and I have been here probably close to seven and a half, eight years. And this has been revolutionary for us, even though we've grown up in church. So um, if this is your first time here, uh, we're not going to put you on blast, make you stand up. That, that when, when I grew up in church, like you never wanted to be your first time to a Pentecostal church because they would be like, brother, just stand up and give a, give a word of encouragement. And you're thinking, 
Babe, check this one off the list. (laughs) I came to get a word of encouragement. I clearly do not have a word of encouragement. Um, It was all meant, I I suppose, to be, you know, for the right reasons. But, you know, you never. So we're not going to put you on blast, make you raise your hand like, hey, are you first time here? If you are, uh, we hope that you really can settle in and feel like this is family. It's an extension of family. That you go at the end of of the day that you could leave this facility and go, they're weird, but I'm weird too, and I think we could probably like do life together. This would probably be a, a positive addition to my life and to my family's life, and hopefully you feel that. Um, if you don't, um, uh, now I've just got to get beyond Scooby-Doo, and we'll be fine. And so today, we're going to talk about small groups. You should have a pamphlet. Um, you know, one, pardon? Oh, they're, they're right here. Okay, you shouldn't have one yet. Um, so you will, oh, here they come. Look at these guys. Um, yes. Go ahead. Yes. So as they're passing those out, I'm going to liberate you today. We're going back old school. Steve, you like old school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going old school. Y'all spend way too much time on your screens. So I would love to say this was a conscious thing, but I'm going to pretend like it was. Some of you are like, that's called a lie, Greg. Um, (laughs) I'm going to pretend like it was completely conscious. You cannot ask a teacher on the first week of school to create a slide presentation for a message on the Sunday after the first week of school. Am I right? You cannot do it. So you got what I got, a Francis Chan video and Scooby-Doo. And so those of you that are used to and love following along on YouVersion or following along on the Church T app, today, just put your phone in your pew. Just let it rest for a little bit. Let that battery life marinate. And we've got a pamphlet for you uh, to follow along. Today is a kind of kickoff of our fall quarter of small groups. And so my job today, my mission that I'm on, is to simply do this, is to convince you of two things. One of them will take no time at all, so we're halfway home. Life is hard. Okay? I have to convince you, for you to buy into the backside of this, I have to convince you that life is hard. Done. Okay? I didn't see anybody object. Feel free to object. Life is messy and sticky and hard, and guess who's sabotaging your walk with God? Probably you. It's always me. Now, I like to blame my wife sometimes. Uh, Sometimes I blame Patrick. Sometimes I blame Aaron. I mean, if he'd have preached less, I'd have had more time to be involved in the Sabbath. And... But at the end of the day, it's me sabotaging my walk with God. It's me jacking up me because the battle generally is between these two things we call ears. And if we can get that right. So I have to convince you that life is hard and that because life is hard, one of God's responses to hard living and hard life is the necessity of community. So God is hard, but God does community. I think last week God was hard. Wait, see, sometimes, sometimes, trust me, sometimes I have stumbled on that. Uh, Life was hard, we pray, right? And that communication allows us access to the throne. 
So I have to convince you life is hard, done. I have to convince you we do community, and that's not as easy because, as Rachel said, community is real messy. Um, But I'm going to kind of walk you through. Now, I did have two other slides. It's verified, right? Okay, two other slides. And I was headed in Mark chapter 5, and it was good. And if you know anything about me, learn this. I am like out of control. My brain never stops. Anybody like have trouble falling asleep, turning their brain off? Like it just keeps, like it just, there we go. We got some honest folks. Some of you need to work on your honesty. But some of you, it's just like, depends on the week. You just, you, you want to fall asleep. You know you need sleep. Just you can't stop trying to like kind of go through what has to be done tomorrow. And did I do everything today? And, and, and by the time you, re- then you almost wake yourself back up. And I wouldn't even say I worry much. I just, my brain's never stopping. And so I had this Mark chapter 5, dude in the tombs, wrecking life, ripping chains. He needs community, clearly. And then I thought, no. So last night, about, what, 10 o'clock, I walk around the neighborhood and got a new message. So there's no notes. We're going to roll with it. We're going to be messy today and do life together. So I want you to look at somebody that is near you within arm's reach of you or fist pound reach and look at them and say, life is hard. I mean, you got to mean it. Like, some of you are like, life is hard. Like, life's hard. And then tell them, we need each other. Now, if you didn't come with anybody today that you could say that to, that's okay. You can come up after church. You'll, you'll know me really well here in a few minutes. Oh, God, you'll know me really well because God just kind of wants me to open up today. And you can come up and tell me that life's hard and we'll be best friends. And I promise you, we, we'll walk this thing out called life together. We'll get on mission together. And so, at the, let's see, at the beginning, uh, well, I guess technically at the end of 2018, um, I am blessed to uh, have a mom who lives in Florida in the winter. Get you somebody that lives in Florida in the winter. Get you somebody in your, my mom will adopt you. She really will. My mom loves entertaining and hosting people. My mom will adopt you, get you somebody that in the like Christmas break area or February when we're all seasonally mood disorder affected, you can go, hey, Sally, call her mom. I mean, she won't be offended and say, hey, we're coming down. It's 45, 50 minutes north of Tampa. It's on the Gulf Coast. So we spend Christmas with my wife's lovely family, and they, when we first got married, I thought they were ungodly, uncircumcised Philistines because they opened gifts and celebrated that on Christmas Eve. And I know that's a big debate, you know, do you open them up on Christmas? I'm not talking like the one present just to get your kids, like, off the, the high. I'm talking about, like, they do the whole thing on Christmas Eve, and I thought, can you even be saved and go to heaven and do presents on Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve's when you get in a car and drive around and look at lights. Christmas Eve, because that's how my family did. You know how that, you know, when you've ever, like, kind of, like, dated, hooked up, like, married. It, all of a sudden you realize, oh, you did what? Your family? Hmm. And so now I realize why God put us together, because it allows us to spend all Christmas Eve with her family and do what they've always done, which is Christmas, and then we just get in the car about 12.05 Christmas morning, and we drive to Florida. 
and we wake up. Well, <laughs> they wake up. I, it would be really bad if I woke up. Um, <laughs> and it is Christmas, and we do all pull in sometime around dinner time, and mom's got Christmas dinner, and it is Christmas, and we do Christmas in Florida. Get you somebody that lives in Florida. Or has lived in Florida and knows the lay of the land. So, in this last winter in Flo, Florida, I almost said Florida, you can tell I'm a high school teacher, um, they had an unseasonably warm, which is weird for Ohioans to say that, winter. It was like hot, like mid-80s, but still low humidity, beautiful. So Christmas, no, New Year's Eve, my wife and I, we go walking around the park. Now, only God would create such a panoramic scene of beauty and tranquility and bliss. The golf sunset, walking around my mom's resort, little park place, and we're holding hands. We're just madly in love because we have no responsibilities. She's watching our kids. We're just, that's why we were madly in love in that moment because we didn't have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, you know, yapping. And we're walking around the park. And I don't know which, I, I can't give her the credit. I, 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 don't, I don't think I can take the credit. One of us goes, hey, we should come up with a theme for 2019. Kind of felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to kind of in that moment, like here in a couple hours, it's going to be 2019. What do we want God to kind of do in us? Remember, the scenery is so beautiful. It's so calm. It's like you can't see the ocean, but what are you, a couple, you know, three, four miles from, from the ocean at some point. So you, you pretend it's there. You can smell the salt water. It's, it's Florida. It's beautiful. Everybody back in Ohio, it's like five below. It's like, you know, or it's probably just raining and it's 33, the worst kind of Ohio weather because it's useless. Um, and we just pray. And I don't know. I want to blame Crystal. I really, really do. But I really don't know. Babe, do you know which one of us came up with the theme, honestly? <laughs> I think it was her. And she, huh? You, oh, yeah, in, in late August. And we go, God, this year, well, 2019, I should have said this year. I've been like, I got two hours. God, we want to just give more. We want you to stretch us in our giving. We want to give in ways and in areas that we're stingy in and that we've not been grown in. We want 2019 to be a year where we just learn to give. Bro, that sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? I mean, what a great prayer. Now, we weren't thinking financially simply that. We kind of had that part figured out as much as you can ever not struggle there. We've already gone through all of the stupid young Christians like electric bill or money in the offering. And then you usually just go out to the movies. <laughs> Hashtag America. Um, so, so you don't give, electric gets shut off, but you had a good time. Um, so we've been, we've, oh, I'm so sorry. Some of you are like, just trying to be real. And uh, so we've kind of been through the stupid young phase of financial uh, security and obligations. And so uh, we, we, we really weren't thinking that it was going to be a money thing. Um, we, we, you know, if, if God called us to, to, you know, do some things and help some people out, that, that's fine. We, we really knew that it had to be in other areas. Oh, my gosh. Can I just be honest? Is it okay if I'm honest? I want 2019 over with now. 
I'm done. I learned the lessons. We're good. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. We, well, we, because it's just, you know, two shall become one unless it's shoes and shopping. Um, But this year has just exhausted us. Like, ever been, like, the the exhausted, not like I ran a marathon because I thought I was in shape or I worked all day. I'm talking about the exhaustion that goes into areas of your life where you're so tired, you're just numb. Anybody been there to where you just stare? Literally, you get home, you sit down, and you just go. And it's that usually it's in that very moment. If you have kids, they need you a lot. Noah's now smart enough to remind us, you prayed for us. He's getting the spiritual game down really well. You prayed for us. I'm talking about that kind of just numb, tired. And so 2019 has been all of that for us. And I say all of that to say that if the church has missed anything, we've missed the idea of real, small group community living. We try. We really do. And we could debate how hard we try. But inviting people into your mess is not natural to your flesh. And the Bible tells us that your flesh, kind of the thing that wants always to be pampered and taken care of and feel good, fights against the things of the Spirit. And you're made up of both. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're kind of cold in your walk with him or you're flaming hot or please don't be lukewarm, but, uh, you know, you're where you're at right at this moment. Your, Your self is battling godly things versus things that you want to just do for you. And it's not natural to get in a small living room or a big living room. It's not natural to go to Bob Evans and have people crawl through your stuff. It's kind of like inviting somebody into your bedroom, hold on here, and have them like just go through your drawers of your dresser. There are certain drawers that you're like, eh, it's my jean drawer. You might even find five bucks in it. Aren't those the best days ever, by the way, when you find like a $5 bill? It's like somebody gifted you a million dollars, and you're just like, going to Mickey D's for breakfast. And you pull out, and sometimes it's like a 10, and you don't even remember ever having a 10. Like, I can't tell you the last time I've had a $10 bill, like, physically. And you're just, like, going to Mickey D's for breakfast and for lunch. Well, of course, the price is now. Okay, you, you have to decide, you know. You have, to, you have to be, you know, choosy there. And so, you know, if they go through my jean drawers, have at it. They may fit you, they may not. You just, you know, pull out my jeans, you know, it's, they're jeans, right? We all have blue jeans. Well, we all have underwear too, but I don't want you in the. I don't want you in that drawer. That's just weird. Like that's that's my that's my that's my draw drawer. That's it's just weird. Like it's funny because we have certain places we're really we're okay with people kind of getting in, and I think spiritually we have that. Oh yeah, we all struggle with a little bit of anxiety. Eh, you know, it's that's fine. But then there's those parts of us. When community's done right, it's like the underwear drawer. Nah, 
That one stays closed. Because that one is intimate. And, I, and I, I can just see Jesus saying, we all wear underwear. What's weird about it? And we're like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's personal. It's mine. You know, I just don't want people, you know, I just, I don't, I just, and, and he goes, everybody struggles. Sure, everybody's struggles are probably different with different stories and different backgrounds and and there's just those drawers in our lives that we're just, we, we don't want to let other people in. And so we carry them around shut all the time. And we know that they need dealt with. We just don't know how. And then our excuse to, to, to kind of the big world is, well, Aaron's not really a licensed clinician. He's not really somebody that has like a doctor's degree. And so I can't really sit in the living room. These are things that only doctors can deal with. And maybe you're right. You still need community. Because sometimes community will call you on it. Well, if it needs a doctor, then are you going to one? We're not trying to become the doctor. Sometimes we're telling you, you need to see a doctor. Maybe you do need next level help. And while we may not have like specific names, we can walk that out with you and we can make a couple phone calls and we know some people that know some people and it sounds like we're, you know, in the back alley somewhere, but we'll 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 walk with you to get what you need for you. That's what small group living does. But it's, it's hard. But life's hard. It's messy. So back to Crystal and I, and she gave me permission to mention her. She's very private, and sometimes I, um, I tell her story without permission, and it causes, uh, Patrick, once again, thank you for this word, it causes us an impasse. Um, you ever been in an impasse, Patrick? Yes, sir. You, you won right now, aren't you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, you good right now, brother? <laughs> okay. He is impasse-free. Um, I don't know. It's been a couple years ago. For those of you, that, that's, that's one of my dudes, Patrick. And Patrick was, I think he was up playing the keyboard. And, just, and he talked, he said, you know, we're at an, my wife and I, are, you know, we, we've had an impasse. And I thought, ooh. Ooh, I want to be a Clevenger. They have impasses. My wife and I just straight fight. Like, like <laughs> that sounded so much more spiritual. Like, ooh, they're at an impasse. Like, they needed to get a mediator or some sort of, like, you know, union bargain guy to come in and, like, sit down and, you know, okay, Leah. And, and, and they all walk out like, that's so much better. We got a 4% raise, and our kids are happier. And I'm like... Well, you ought to come to the Phillips house because there ain't no impasses here. We just say stupid things to each other, and then I go pout. Because she's right a lot, and I get mad, and she's in my junk, and she's called me out on it, and I, get, and I go pout and won't talk to her for a while. So if you want to know what that inside joke was, now it's an outside joke. Um, so... <laughs> um, Gosh, it, it, so sometimes we have an impasse because I tell a little bit of her story, and that's her story to tell. And sometimes I would tell it very differently uh, than her story. So on the way up, she goes, you, you can mention me today. And I'm like, that, that's love. Um, but I'm not that dumb. to like, Because <laughs> there isn't a boyfriend or a husband or a spouse in here, you, you, you know, especially on the, the, the male side. You, you know the traps. You know them. <laughs> you know. 
You know the traps and, and, you know, it's okay. And then, why did you tell that story? And I'm like, you didn't say which ones were off limits. God. So, um, literally, we pray this prayer in the most serene, calm moment of our lives. Foreshadowing, I guess. I don't know. Nothing became calm. And this year, if it's taught me anything, somebody who's halfway to 90, really, mom, you just laughed at that? (laughs) I mean, that kind of comes back on you when your baby's halfway to 90, but hey, whatever. But by the way, my mom actually may be in better shape than I am at 29. So, um, you know, God has stretched us and grown us. But through all of it, and I mean, it started right out of the gate um, with, and let me be really real, with somebody I called a really good friend having to go to prison. Not like, and and listen, I'm not, if you've been to jail, you know, but jail and prison are are different. Like, they can be. Um, Neither are good. Um, But I'm talking about like prison. Having to, and my first inclination, our first inclination, um, was to run the other way. That's that's too messy. Like, situation was just too much on Facebook. It was too like, it takes special humans. And if you're an EMT, first responder, if you're a police officer in here, if you're military, ex-military, ex any of those, it takes special people to run to the fire. Because my natural. Brain says, fire, bad, go. There are people that will. But spiritually, we're, we're not called to do what everybody else is doing. Small group, community says, we'll, we'll walk towards the fire with you. And I had to lean on, and we had to lean on Aaron and Rachel for advice. And I'm not a guy that seeks out advice a lot. Um, it's not because I don't need it. I just... Usually, I think I can figure it out. And this one had a stumped. And it kind of came down to, they shared around a dinner table on a Sunday after church. And they had sat down with us and they said, it's really simple. If you can keep this as your baseline, you'll know what to do. If this individual did what they're accused of, they're going to need Jesus. If they've been falsely accused, they're going to need Jesus. And nothing changes. We're like, oh, it changes, all right. Like, you know, you want to make sure you fall out on the right side. And it wasn't easy because we had to stay involved and engaged because we're the only ones in their lives trying to speak truth and peace and redemption and hope when very few people wanted to do that. And we didn't really sign up for that either. So God all of a sudden began taking us up on our prayer. You want to learn to give? You're going to be, we're going to have you run towards fires. But in that, I needed my community. And I know Crystal needed a good friend. Thank you, Angie, for speaking to her about not giving up. When it's really easy to give up on people, and it's probably economically or work advantageous or politically advantageous to give up, to hang in there. That's tough. And you can say that to yourself, but when somebody else says it to you, you go, yes, God? Because I wasn't talking to them. They don't even know what I'm going through. Those are moments that community give you. 
And then on a lighter note, I get a phone call that says, hey, run for city council. And I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> Sorry, Councilman Hines. Like, I've joked about it, honestly. I literally don't need another thing on my plate. Nah. Elections this November. Um, sometimes God just wants you to be obedient, and he'll figure out results. But all of a sudden, that brought in a whole new, and I had to lean on my, my crew, my, people in my circle, in my community for advice. And Crystal and I are pretty, at home, we're pretty private. We kind of have to be. I mean, we're so involved and we're so busy in our community. And we people, 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 people all day. It's what we do for a living as teachers. And, and obviously, we're involved here at church. But we kind of like our home quiet and neat. And we're straight up OCD. And some of you get this, like, if there's a smudge on the stove, it, we, we've got to go grab the, you know, just, you know. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh. Like, some of you are like, come over this Sunday, <laughs> we'll be friends, you can come to our group, and, uh, you know, with two kids, and they would tell us we're way over the top with it, but it's kind of like when life's messy, that's the one place we can control. I'm sure that's the psychology behind it. I can keep my house neat, because that requires, like, some physical work. And physical work sometimes is way easier, at times, than all mental, and so we can control that, and uh, our home's pretty quiet short of the two children that live with us and the occasional impasses. Um, and so now we have my niece and my mom live with us. And I'd love to say that we have two big living rooms. We do, but people don't sleep in living rooms. They sleep in bedrooms, and our bedrooms are pretty small, and they're all on the same side of the house. So Crystal this year, for a good part of this year, we've had to have her mother-in-law like inches down the hall. They get along really well. Well, they used to. Because <laughs> some of you cannot imagine a greater nightmare than like your mother-in-law when you've been married 22 years, like right down the hall. Some of you are like, oh my God, I'm going to be praying for you, brother. Uh, pray for Crystal. Now, and it's because my mom sold her Ohio home way faster than she probably anticipated. And in the meantime, a couple cataract surgeries and she can't get the... And so she needs to crash with us until October. She's going to be down in Florida permanently, but we're glad to do it. But, oh, a house of six is a lot different than a house of four. And you're like, oh. And so God has stretched us and grown us in all of that. Over the summer, I drove 7,300 miles. Some of those vacation, but if you've ever vacationed, sometimes you need a vacation from a vacation, and you're like, I'm not sure the vacation was worth it. When you look at the bank account, and then you come home and you see the laundry, and you're like, oh, vacation, now I need a vacation from my vacation. And was that actually relaxing? But some of those were not vacations. Some of those were because we had to make trips. By the way, we're transitioning from being youth pastors. And in all of this, open up the pages to say, we could not have done it, and if we've learned one thing, that life is hard, and we need, our, we need our small group. I'm going to tell you, if you had to pick, and I'm sorry if this is, if you had to pick, do I come to a corporate setting on Sunday, 
Or do I find a small group of people that are trying to follow Jesus, but they don't have it all figured out? I'm going to tell you, pick the small group. And I can't tell you, but there could be a day where this setting can't even happen, but it could happen. Or it's so polluted that we just aren't getting what we should get from it. I don't know, but it could happen. Get you a small group. And you say, well, you guys are weird. Yes, we're weird. So are you. Let's just be weird together and just do life together. Because at the end of the day, to have somebody that you can pick up a phone and call. And I'll say this and I'm done. There were a group of people in the Bible, and they were called lepers. The word leprous actually means like scabby or scaly. And leprosy um, is, is, was a disease in the Bible that got you put into a leper colony. Because they didn't know the, the, the medicine behind it. They just thought that if you touched a leper, it was contagious. Actually, leprosy, I believe, is spread through the air. But they wouldn't have known that. And they also thought something even worse. And grab onto this. They thought that people who were lepers were cursed by God. Because in the Old Testament, at times, leprosy seemed to be, literally, they, at few times, people pop up with leprosy as a curse from God. And so they believed anybody with leprosy was a spiritual outcast, which was actually worse than just having a physical ailment. And so you had to go live on the outside of town with other lepers. And anytime anybody who didn't have leprosy approached you, you had to scream, or it was against the law, and it was punishable by death, that if you didn't scream, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Not only did you know that you had a disease, you probably truly believed you were cursed of God because that was the tradition of the day. So I'm rejected by God. I have a disease that will eventually kill me or maim and disfigure me to the point of unrecognizable. I'm now banished with other people who look just like me. And when people need to approach me either to visit me or bring food or whatever, I have to, by law, scream unclean, I'm dirty, I'm dirty, I'm dirty. The funny thing is they had community. Anywhere you get community, Jesus wants to show up. And where did Jesus specifically walk into to make a point? Into a colony of lepers. And he didn't just talk to them like lepers, hey guys, he physically touched them, which did two things. It proved medically that you can't get it by just touch, and people need to know. People need to know sometimes that there's a pat on the shoulder, that I've got you, we've got this. And it also proved that he accepted them for where they were and where they were at. And that's what community does. At the end of the day, you got people that will walk it out with you when you tell them your ugliest, most nasty, dirtiest things. When they see that you're broken, you see that they're broken, you realize we're all broken. And guess what? We're kind of like, in a weird way, little leper colonies. We're getting together in our brokenness. We don't have it figured out. We will never get it all figured out this side of glory. But I got dudes that are going to walk with me. And anytime we get community, here's what's exciting. The more messed up and broken the circle the more Jesus draws near. He, listen, he's not looking for Sadducees and Pharisee circles who pray in beautiful prayers and just sound really cool and have it all figured out. He doesn't, that's probably not his heart. He wants broken circles of people trying to do life together, trying to follow the person of Jesus. And when he sees that, it excites him. He draws near. 
And he'll come in the midst of these living rooms and these circles. I'm telling you, get you a circle. Because if Crystal and I didn't have a circle this year, we would not have made it. All of my years of churching, all of my years of singing in choirs and going to conventions wouldn't have held it. Our, our crew, the people in my life that I can call and say, and on the other end comes, meet you at McDonald's in an hour. That's what gets us through. We need each other. And so today's going to be a chance for you to jump in. By the way, leprosy, I was scared of that as a kid. We had an evangelist or like a missionary come, and they literally showed pictures of people because leprosy is still a thing. And like people like missing like tip of their nose. And I'm like, like I was probably 16, but I'm going to pretend I was like four. And, uh, you know, and I remember them telling you, you can't catch leprosy. You know what? In my mom's park are armadillos, possums with a shell. You know what armadillos can carry? You are wrong, mom. <laughs> there is leprosy. So don't go dig up an armadillo. Just, just public service announcement, PSA. Watch the armadillos. They could have leprosy. Don't kiss them. Don't, don't breathe with them. Just let them do what they do, which is usually get hit in the road. And dig holes. They, they love to eat. They're, they're like moles on top of the ground with a shell. They just eat grubs and stuff, and they dig big holes. But you need a circle. And I may not want to be in your circle, and you may not want to be in mine. But you find you a circle, and today's an opportunity. If you want to talk after church about why I'm weird and that you connect with that being kind of weird like that, I'm going to stay up here and talk. If you need help finding a circle, we have options and opportunities today for you to do just that. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org.